This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is a sound of thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the perpendicular, globular, glab and globular, melon globus, globular, stomach-induced treat from beyond time, the lovely Justin Waddell. How's it going? You know, it's all right. It's going. Yourself? I'm turning my magic upside down. Went over to Universal Studios Florida yesterday, did some of that. Tell me about this. You're you're uh, on a movie focused podcast you're setting foot in a movie focused theme park i did and did so did anybody recognize you are you are you considered part of like the attractions there in a way my daughter recognized me if you had your own theme park like this Mm -hmm. like a universal studios thing is there anything any untapped untapped universal movies that they could no it doesn't have to be universal because i mean i mean jurassic park well that might be universal but there's some paramount movies in there warner brothers movies in there so you got some flex. You know, there's there's a Skull Island ride, which I did, and that's a Warner Brothers product. There you go. Okay. Well, what movie would I want to see reflected in rides is what you're asking. Good question. What about like that Jeremy Renner movie, Kill the Messenger? Do you think that might have any? I love it. That would be great. Yeah. Have any? Is there any kind of, uh, just think about it in terms of rides. Yeah. It'd have, any... it have to be a 4D where a lot of it is is the way that the, the the screen is manipulated. You feel like you're doing shit. Right. You feel like you're in a vintage car sort of trying to get away from uh, an oppressive individual. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Um, although like the Harry Potter one that we did, you're on these, um, you're on these, you know, these, it's a couch, a flying couch basically, as you go mm-hmm. through all this stuff and it's very effective. It's on like some sort of a, construction equipment as my daughter called it and it feels very feels very real a couch trip dan Aykroyd, uh and i feel like it would be cool if they did something like that like a 4d ultra sensory interactive experience with like a roller coaster vibe uh for black snake mode <laughs> i watched a move a trailer for a movie that sam jackson's in he gets killed in the trailer he gets killed in the trailer in protege yeah it's a maggie q joint she ain't first built in that movie who is michael key Oh, Michael Keaton's in there. Maggie Q. Michael Keaton wants Maggie Q dead or in Fuck. bed. Yeah. And he yeah, also he wants her secret to, to diarrhea problems. Maggie Q, I looked a li- after that movie. I, I don't know much about her, but she's a bit of an activist, an she's animal bit, rights activist. She's adorable, and she has diarrhea issues. Is this true? Yeah. A little bit I, of the irritable bowel? Something, because I on Facebook, 
I'll get those ads. I guess they know my business. And I get these ads all the time about Mary, Maggie Q and her poop problems. Does she got poop problems? Huh? You know, that's the thing is like, that's a cue I didn't want answered, but they're forcing it on you, huh? I didn't know this. Um, it doesn't make me like her any less. What a cutie. Hell no. Hell no. I know she's she knows how to clean it out. So you take her, maybe take her out to dinner and she's in the bathroom for 50 minutes and you're like, well, maybe she's yeah. taking a business call. I don't care. I know that she has cleared the queue, if you know what I'm saying. Like she is she's solid. Well <laughs> I, didn't I, know I, I think she's talented as shit too, though. Like she, I mean she's obviously adorable, but she's very talented. Yeah, it's a formidable, you know, this is her action film directed by somebody that's no slouch, like kind of back, came back into the game. Who is this guy? I was surprised to see his name on this. Uh was it Charles Chaplin? Like who did it? Who came back from somewhere? Charlie Chaplin still around? <laughs> I didn't know. Hundred sixty. Oh, it's Martin Campbell. It's the guy that did No Escape and some other movies. Yeah, he did. Um, he did. Uh, that's the first Bond movie in there. He crate. did. He did two Bond films, but he mostly yeah. most important. Oh, did he did the second one too. He didn't. No, he did. Uh, well, he did. Oh, Casino. guy did Pierce. He did Goldeneye and Casino Royale. Guy did two great ones. But he also did No Escape. He did Mask of Zorro, too. And now he did Protégé with Maggie Q. He also killed it with Green Lantern, killed it with Edge of Darkness. What was the poop problem budget on Protégé? Did you know? I'm going to see or- if Ma- I'm going to see if there's anything on Maggie Q's uh, IMDb or, you know, her Wikipedia page about her pooping. Personal life, pooping, poops. She has a tattoo of a phoenix. She poops. Vegan, loves the shit. PETA, animal rights, vegetarian, vegetables come out hard and swift. I'm just going to type Maggie Q bowels and see what kind of... I'm just going to do the uh, image search. Uh, Bowels. Actress reveals the bathroom trick that made her feel years younger. She wants to talk about poop. I ain't kidding. She, she She has a bloat solution. And it's called the bathroom trick in quotes. Let's hear it. I, I could maybe well, use a little bit. What of I'm expecting is you click that link and then there's an infomercial. Um, oh, they don't tell you it's like nah, an ad. Huh? Nah, yeah, I think yeah, she's got a solution though. And it's all over. She's got a morning solution, if you know what I mean. Uh, but she puts vegetables in her body and then something, something comes out on the other side. That's got a little bit of heat on it. So, uh, <laughs> so she's a little bit of a Jamie Lee kind of slinging the kind of, you know, Jamie Lee, get Curtis over here with that yogurt that makes you poop. Remember? Yeah. Makes you regular. Uh, Activia. Mm-hmm. So Maggie Q is like, get me in on this. Yeah. How, she's talking to her agent, slamming her fist on this. How do I get in on this pooping business? Well, it's so funny because uh, she's in a film made by the John Wick people, and she's known for leaving a John Slick. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't. This is all news to me. She's worked a long time and she's worked hard. And we're talking about her, her little butthole. <laughs> but she's not in this movie today. No. I mean, she is. If, if the world was a great place, she would be. We can maybe have a Maggie Q month at some point in our podcast history. This isn't a Maggie Q month. No. This is a Edward Burns month. Yeah. One of several. Welcome to summer 2021. It's Edward you know, Burns' time to shine, or us to shine the spotlight on this little cutie, you know? <laughs> Pulling out a nook and finding Ed in there. Yep. 
Okay, so Making yeah. movies for $9,000, Ed Burns, you know? Yeah, he's a multi-hyphenate. He can do it all. He could write, he could direct, could star, he could mm-hmm. fail. Sometimes he could almost succeed. He's got a lot of skill. Got a bathroom trick. <laughs> That's it. We need to, do we need to add that to the end where we, we also do our bathroom trick for each film? <laughs> Oh, Just keep making it longer. In the movie Microscope Show, folks, if you're not familiar with the show, we zoom in. We watch a film through Bandersnatch time loop eyes and scream hurtling spirals into the night. We share the victims with the accessories and we burst bladders through time and space until we realize where the wood comes from. We share it with the likes of you, like a film, and whether it makes or breaks. <laughs> so, if we're talking about bee season, we can talk about the scene where Richard Gere unleashes a swarm of bees at the spelling bee, killing children, raising hell, bodies everywhere, and then who is there eating the poop but Michael Caine? <laughs> we talk about the little moments. So, bee season. Okay, you just made it sound interesting. And plus, Richard Gere is a villain? Does he play a villain often? Not really. Uh, yeah, internal affairs. Yeah, that's true. But that was a long time ago. Sort of a villain in uh, Arbitrage. Love that guy and his little tiny eyes, though. I love him. What are you say? He blinks? His little cute blinking eyes, yeah. He's like squeezing so hard. I was flipping through the stations recently, and Pretty Woman was on, and I, I kind of love that movie. It was so funny how it's aged. It's such a different... It feels so different now. It feels like what? Well, I'm, I'm sure it's troublesome. I'm sure there's a lot of troublesome subject matter in today's culture, but I think it was just, it just felt strange because here it was like an R-rated Pygmalion and it was very raunchy and sexy in one way and very kind of sweet and innocent in another. It was just this weird, weird flick. So I know that I've never seen Pretty Woman, believe it or not. I know that Julia Robert, Roberts plays the prostitute. How do they get around? Was she like new to the game? Like what, did, what excuse do they give her? They don't. She's not an actual prostitute. I mean, they had to have no, done something. No, she's a legit whore. <laughs> she's known for uh, sex with people. Yeah. And her finishing move is called the quote-unquote bathroom trick. <laughs> I mean, there's no way that she didn't. They, they had to have undercut it somehow. I don't remember she them making her. She did it because like, her mom was dying of cancer or something. She had a she somehow backed into it and then like had like one job and then got gear. Had to be something like that. I don't think so. Vivian's a whore. Okay. So Vivian. I think they, I think she was a legit hooker. I think she enjoyed it. You know, she around her. I just, I just don't believe it. Episode 211. Jason, that was my first experience with Jason Alexander and I hated him. Can I zoom in real quick on that movie? Yeah. Title based on a Roy Orbison song. Yeah. But this is a little sub-zoom. Gear's character based on Roy Orbison as well. <laughs> does he is he dress like Roy Orbison in the movie? That'd be incredible. You know, it's funny. A lot of people thought he was blind. Gear? Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison. Yeah. Because he always wore the shades? Yeah. And because he kept tripping over things and not being able to see. <laughs> Pretty Woman is a hooker movie based on a Roy Orbison song in title alone. But there are other Roy Orbison songs that might have made for good hooker movies, too. Roy Orbison, also a prostitute in real life. A little <laughs> he, bit of a Cinderella story. You mentioned Pygmalion, My Fair Lady, whatever. That's what that movie is. Okay. Right? I just, I, I know they gave it out. I know they did. I just got hit hard. I just got hit hard. Roy Orbison was four years older than us when he died. <clears throat> I thought he was 
ancient at his during the traveling Wilburys phase. I mean, I think I look like young, but I don't. If people see me, they they see someone that's looking like Roy Orbison for sure. By the way, that's a great name for a spaceman or something. Orbison. It's amazing, yeah. Roy Orbison is a is a is a that, that's almost a Stallone character. And they, yeah, well, do you think you ever got pressure just to shorten it to Orbs or something? Yeah, Roy Orb. Roy Orbs. Yeah. yeah, it's like a Marvel character. James Gunn's like, yeah, I decided to bring Roy Orbison back into the story. I, I'm the one that wanted to put him back into Guardians. You know, Marvel resisted, but I made my case. Yeah, they, they said, well, is it coming from the beautiful creative mind of James Gunn or whatever that stupid thing says and that stupid thing? It's funny because I, I have this weird opinion now of James Gunn that like every I read every tweet. I don't follow him on Twitter, but I do see retweets and I just read every tweet as like a humble brag. There's always a part that is like that. He's like kind of crediting himself for something. So today's film, folks, uh, in the second installment of Burns Month is Peter Himes's A Sound of Thunder based on the Ray Bradbury short story. It was a trouble production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super Zoom released in 2005. Yeah, it was trouble production in that the studio that made it shut down into shooting, like well into shooting. They shut down before the movie was completed. And then also a worldwide consortium of witches gathered to <laughs> hex this movie. It got hammered from all, all sides. It did. And I like the fact that it was Edward Burns really cashing in some of the cachet he was starting to accumulate, you know, for becoming sort of a semi-star, you know, he was, he had make, he had made his movies as a filmmaker, caught mm -hmm. the eye of one Steven Spielberg, obviously same private Ryan, which he's very good in. Uh, then did 15 minutes. And then he said, you know, then confidence came and he was sort of like on the, on the, on the upswing. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to do my first big blockbuster. It's time. It's time to cash in the chips. It's time to put it all in or whatever. I guess that's mixing two things together and make my first blockbuster as a leading man. And then after two other filmmakers that sort of come and gone, movie microscope stalwart Peter Himes came in. This is our fourth Peter Himes film. Uh, we've done more Peter Himes film than literally any other filmmaker, which is amazing. Nick forgot to bring the magic to this one, I will say. Uh, you know, he sprinkled that he sprinkled that Himes magic all over the films that we've done previously. Outland, the made it work. The Relic. Made it work. Running Scared. Made it work. Sound of Thunder? Eh. Had a little trouble here. I feel bad because Ed Burns, you know, this whole cast, Kingsley, Ed Burns, Catherine McCormick, all of our favorites, David Oyelowo. Let's fly you guys over to the Czech Republic for about four months, mm -hmm. away from your loved ones, with nothing but art, the art of making a sound of thunder to keep you cold at night. Yeah, and I think we can't really hammer uh, Himes too hard because, I, like, they, like I said, they ran into all these financial troubles. Who knows what the movie would have been? And who knows how they landed it? It might. It, I'm sure just watching it, it was hard to get across the finish line, I, which it barely does. Like it barely. I'll say this it. though: it would have been a fine movie with real effects and real filmmaking, like real budget. It's not a bad concept. It's a very Michael Crichton esque type of movie. Could have been fine. They would have had better effects. It would have looked better. But the story is so uh, insanely shallow, you know. And and the big the big villain here is the time wave yeah and that people time wave and that is that is a uh that's like a that's like a, a marvel disney plus series villain you know like a, the, the time wave wave come it's hard to explain really i would we'll, say we'll that to it. i think we'll you're i think you're off the mark a little what do you mean i think the the time wave is man's ego 
to, oh, yeah. to, I'm, to reach I'm, beyond his grasp. I'm talking about like what's really hurting things here. And yeah, you're right. It is man. It is man's ego. It is Ben Kingsley's greed. It is um Bad-hooded lizards. Anyway, let's start let's start talking about this bad boy. <laughs> Charles Hatton in this. Well, the first thing you see is uh, a harbinger of bad portent. Mm-hmm. Franchise pictures logo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, granted, I believe Spartan featured that logo, but Franchise Pictures is this almost universally dog shit company because of the, the, the troublesome swindler Eli Samaha who put it together. He's like one of the main guys behind it. They were known for having some big shits come out of them. And Maggie yeah. Q wasn't there to help. Although I'll tell you, I'm looking at their list of products. There's some movies that are great in here. <laughs> There's one called Jill Rips. That's an Anthony Hickox film. Wow. Sundown guy. Um, but look, here, okay, legit good movies, right? Legit good. Spartan. Heist. Love that. 3,000 Miles to Graceland's fun. The Pledge, I absolutely love. And then there's a bunch of movies that are some of the ones that really make you sad. Boondock Saints, nightmare movie. A lot of people love it, though. Yeah, a lot of people love it, but those, it tells you a lot about those people. That movie's history has to change a little bit because Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein was so involved in killing Troy Duffy's career. Well, and, you know, like- it's his one good deed. The Whole Nine Yards was a hit, but it's a dog shit movie. Battlefield Earth, I think we know. Art of War, Nightmare. Get Carter, one of the worst Stallone films. Caveman's Valentine, Driven, one of Stallone's worst other movies, Angel Eyes featuring Catch. <laughs> one of our oft-talked-about films on the show. You got Zigzag, directed by a tattooed extraordinaire David Goyer. I saw that movie. Fear.com. Oh, God. Avenging Angel, the other bad Stallone movie. City by the Sea, which we talked about in the last episode, I think. Ballistic X versus Sever, which I was on the set of. Shit. I almost mentioned that at the top of the show. Half Past Dead. Is that Seagal? What's Half Past Dead? I thought it was featuring a rapper. Yeah, it's with um, Steven Seagal and Morris Chestnut and Ja Rule. So we're all right. Um, The In-Laws remake that was a nightmare. Whole 10 yards. Most expensive film they ever made. You would think it would be Battlefield Earth, but it is not. The most expensive film they ever made. (laughs) Sound of Thunder? It's Sound of Thunder. 80 mil? 80 mil. Although this blows my mind. Ballistic was was 70. We got to do that movie. That movie is somehow, is, I, I'd say, and that, we're not judging this movie too hard, I guess, as far as like, that's not what we're going to talk about. Bex vs. Sever is worse than this movie somehow. And it's directed by Chaos. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. K-A-O-S or K? Yeah. Is it K? Well, his K-O-S? name is White Queso Sonata, whatever it is. But yeah, I don't mean to brag. Its approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes is a resounding zero. Yeah, this one has a six at least. Yeah, the sound of fun. Audience score, critics and and audience alike didn't like uh, this one. Well, until now, um, but yeah. So when you see that, when you see that, uh, when you see that logo, it's usually a bad sign. Except if David Mamet's involved, I guess. But now, when does this take place, Justin? Two thousand fifty-five. Is that correct? That's correct. The year of our Lord, Edward Burns. <laughs> um, what do you think? Two thousand fifty-five. I mean, COVID's going to rebound. Like, what's going to happen? Let's let's talk about the future. We're going to get some rhombus-looking cars. Like, what's going on? Like, do you think they accurately in this movie etched out what the future is going to look like? I would like to think so. Mm-hmm. No, I want to live just to see a future that looked like this. So they did have a few things I noticed. The cell phones were like sticks. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. The buildings were upside down U shapes sometimes, and the cars look like rhombuses. I'd the say. cars look. 
goofy as shit. They were driven by people. There was not a lot of tech inside and there was no automation to it. Like he gets in a taxi and it's a taxi mm-hmm. driver driving it. I love, one thing I did love about this film is just thinking about when they were trying to complete it, when there was a shot, uh, like a scene when Burns is talking to someone that they could have shot in an office and instead <laughs> has them walking on the street in the future city with car- traffic. Like they had to be like, God damn it. Why couldn't they have just shot this in a room? Yeah. You well, know? the funny thing is I got a very Carrie Conran vibe from a lot of this. They could have used Conran. I have to say, I thought of that too. They could have used his deft touch. But he he said I'm a one and doneer. I'm out. It, they, the guy that wrote, the guy that directed and wrote Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Yeah, this reminded me of that. That movie is fared a lot better, I'd say, than than this one for sure. That one actually has interesting looking effects. Yeah, it just it just felt as realistic. Yeah. So, so this the premise ahead, is make... is that um, this company Time Safari. <laughs> Nick, what do they do from the title? Can you tell? What they do is they take you deep into the past to sort of hunt the same dinosaur over and over again. It's a great business plan. So they rip, they rip in the, in the the setup for this movie, they talk about man's advancement and how it always is about money. And this guy named Charles Hatton, they found the key to time travel and he used it to make a quick buck. And that's what he is doing. This movie is certainly, he has a business that takes rich people back in time. As Nick said, to kill the same dinosaur over and over again. And um, Ed Burns is the star of the film. He plays a doctor that is the leader of this safari. And he's a good guy because he's doing this job to do some real research. He is worried about animals have gone, they're, they're extinct. There's no wild animals anymore. And he's looking to Jurassic Park them back. And so he, this is his gig. He's yeah. using his, uh, his spot in the company to hopefully you know do the research and make that happen. He misses monkeys. He misses cats. He misses llamas. He wants them back. He doesn't seem to give a shit about animals. He he does say that. That's his setup. So we have to sympathize with him because he's trying to bring uh, animals back to the world. So like really, what he does, he just goes back uh, back into the past and fucks up. Well, he's a scientist in a sweatshirt, which is something that I was I didn't realize I needed to see. Well, that's what he and he does. He is a the time traveling suits are rinky dink. They don't look cool. Uh, the, the suits in Outland uh, was that, yeah, the other Heinz movie. Those suits look cooler. She just brought those back in here. The spacesuits in Running Scared look better. It's so awful. They have this. They get into this little contraption, and then suddenly they're walking on the in this tunnel on a translucent platform. It looks like a watery platform that extends kind of across the ground. So you and then bends around the corner out of sight, <laughs> which seems bad. And then um, they they have one rule for these. They have three rules. But one of the rules is never step off this weird invisible path that's not very wide. Right. <laughs> never do that. And why why would they make it so I guess they they reason it is so like restrictive is they don't want to make a wide path to they they want to do as little as possible in this the past that they don't want to disrupt it. Right. But it just seems weird to say, hey, don't accidentally fall or we fucked. You yeah, know? Yeah. It reminds me of Going to like the arcade and there's those shooting games or whatever where it's pretty much on rails, you know? Yeah. And what are the other some of the other rules? Don't squish a butterfly. What else did he say? Don't you can't fire until he fires. Right, which is not even a rule. It just can't happen. So everybody gets outfitted with uh, these stupid looking, like kind of weird looking guns, like that shoot nitroglycerin bullets. Yeah, they're they're Goss rifles, I believe. 
what it's called. And they fire so they, ice, ice bullets. Yeah. And so Ed Burns says, look, you can't, don't panic as this horrific beast is, is coming toward us, toward you to eat, eat us. Um, wait for my signal and I'll shoot first. Then everybody else can take their shot, which doesn't seem very fun. You know, you think it would be enough just to go back in the past and look at the dinosaur, but I guess that's the point, right? Uh, not enough. We need to damage this creature. Well, it's because it, it's about to get, it's about to die in the, in the tar pit. Right. So they're not really disrupting the, the continuum of time because they're, it's literally seconds before this creature gets caught in the tar and then a volcano erupts, right? Right, so they're killing it because it would have died anyway. They have to make sure they kill it in the correct spot that it died in the first place, at least approximately. And so they, they just go back to frozen bullet it to death and then leave. So the concept so is that if you disrupt even the slightest thing, it could alter the, the history of everything that follows. The butterfly effect. The butterfly effect. Deflect. <laughs> be a great name for a movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't, they don't ever, do they ever even mention the butterfly effect? I mean, no, but there's a butterfly that figures heavily into this film. Right, right. So he's in a sweatshirt in this movie. Burns. Yeah. That's like my, um, that's pretty much all the notes that I really took was that he wears a sweatshirt in this. These guys take this team of, of scientists led by Ed Burns. They take a, a group of rich tura, tourists. And in the first case, it's a father and daughter, a rich father and daughter. The father is an asshole, kind of panicking. And the daughter is making eyes at Edward, Edward Burns. The first uh, trip that we see goes perfectly. Um, dinosaur comes out of the woodwork looking like <laughs> PS1 <laughs> era graphics. Yep. They, they fire on, they, you know, Ed Burns is like, wait for it, wait for it. Like it comes very close and then they kill it. And then they go back to the future to see old Ben Kingsley, who has a, a champagne tower to celebrate. We, right? That champagne tower gets a lot of screen time in this movie. And there's a bunch of ice sculptures of dinosaurs. Right. Of the dinosaurs that they killed, I believe. You know, it's a big old setup. Everybody's happy with the way it went. But guess who's not part of the party? Sonia Rand. No, no, no. Oh, Ed Burns. Who's not at the party first? Ed Burns. Yep. All right. He doesn't celebrate. He's tapping away at his keyboard. That's what he's ben wearing the sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. And Ben Kingsley reprimands him and says, it's in your contract. You got to mingle with the ladies and the men. And especially the ladies, because they want to F you. Because you're so hot, Ed Burns. Right. This lab looks like something out of a Connery Bond film. Right. The, the production design on it. Like, Himes is like, well, since the effects are bad, and we have complete control over the practical effects, let's take a wet shit on those as well. And so you mentioned Sonia Rand. That is an actress named Catherine McCormick. You guys rem may remember from Braveheart. Has a long career. Showed up on 28 Days Later, I believe, as well. Um 28 she, weeks later, weeks later, she spoils the party by um, she disguises herself as a waitress at this party or a hostess or something. And then just spills blood, sprays blood on, <laughs> on the guests. Right. saying that don't go back into the past. You're going to fuck up the future. Basically, like some right. sort of desert lizard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they she just really wrecks the party. And then Ben Kingsley has to save the day and kind of turn it into a cute moment. And he does make the Richies laugh. He's like, that's fine. You got blood on your face and your clothes. But isn't it funny? And they're like, you're right. It is pretty funny what just happened. Let's get back to celebrating. They mentioned this guy named because, you know, Ben Kingsley gives this canned speech every time and talks about the triumphs of science. And one of the things he mentions, the moon landing, but he mentions Brubaker yeah. on Mars. Yeah, they made that up. I thought it'd be nice. What was 
what was uh, Matt Damon's character? What was his? What was the movie? Mars movie? The Martian. Martian. His name in that movie was the beautiful Mark Watney. Love for them to go back to this and just maybe overdub, get Kingsley to over, you know, to say Mark Watley on Mars instead of Brubaker. Exactly. Wouldn't that be nice if they did that? You think that they'll do that? Yeah. You think we could start a petition? We don't have a great track record with petitions, so. Anyway, ladies interested in Ed Burns in this movie, I would say all the women in this movie want to kiss upon the body and soul of Ed Burns. <laughs> they want Travis Ryer to write her. Yeah, they is sweet. He doesn't let so this daughter. This he has this whole. I don't what what is he? He goes to visit. What happens is Travis Ryer, our hero, goes to visit Catherine McCormick after she makes a splash at this party. And he goes to say, hey, what was your deal, lady? And then she says, you guys are messing with the past. It's going to go wrong. You don't understand how dumb you are. And Ed Burns tries to explain to her why he is not so dumb. She doesn't believe him. Right. So she just kind of gives the setup for the movie. You're going to mess things up. Of course they are. He leaves and he comes back to his um, his apartment. Futuristic home. And there's a naked, rich woman in there waiting for him. And he's like, all right, let's go for it. And they have sex. And then he introduces... This woman to his dead plant. Yeah. He, he's a fern that he can't keep alive. We don't know that they have sex. I've assu- I assumed it. Okay. So what do, you, what do you mean we don't know? He comes out in a towel. Yeah. Afterwards. She's naked and then it's the next morning and he's got a towel on. You don't think they, you think they just talked? I'm thinking that maybe. I mean, well, she is. Yeah, there is a, they're pressure washing her. So I guess there, there probably was some activity. There's two guys with pressure washing equipment hosing her out. Do you think he think Edward Burns jumps back in time and just does it again and again? No, Is I, that his key to success? Yeah. I wonder if he ever uses the time the time loop to to do it right. Maybe he keeps screwing up in the bedroom and he's like, I gotta, yeah. gotta fix this. Embarrassing himself. Doing the dirty talk with his weird voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Doing doing the dirty talk and then every time he comes back, he forgets to water that fern. <laughs> He does talk about his fern, and that's the thing. That's how you know this movie. That's really, they use that fern as to kind of let you know things have gone wrong, which is a weird, weird thing, because things are going right for that fern, and you know things are going wrong for the movie. But we'll get to that. So he has sex with this woman. You know he's a super stud. You know he's like a good guy. You're on, you're fully on board as a, with him being a hero. In fact, after you watch this, you're like, you know what? I'm going to watch Ed Burns' new epic series, Bridge and Tunnel. That's that's currently showing. Now, he and Catherine McCormick have a conversation around a lion in this movie. Is that is that part? Is that when he goes to her apartment before? Yeah, it is. It reminded me of uh, Manhunter. That is the nicest thing you've ever said to Peter Hyams. (laughs) Just because there's a lion in the scene of Manhunter. It's very memorable. It's a tiger in Manhunter, isn't it? This is it is a tiger, but it still reminded me of it. But the thing is, it's a CGI lion. Right. Well, there are no lions alive in history anymore. No, but you see this lion creeping around her apartment. Or is it? Is it her apartment? I think it's it's his office. His right? office. Something. I don't remember. But it's like he he tricks her. Like the the CGI lion jumps through her or something onto this table, and they look. Uh, they're starstruck by this. And that's a, actually not a bad effect. That's a real lion. So yeah, it's not a bad effect. It's not great. They probably should have just had that be the villain. You know, just had mm-hmm. them interacting with that CGI lion. And that would have been fine. But yeah, they do have that conversation around it. I like the fact that when Ed Burns, so, you know, so here's what they go on another mission, right? So they, Mm -hmm. after he's completely 
ravish that lady. They go out again the next night. So they're, Kingsley's business is booming because these people are paying exorbitant amounts of money to go on these awful mm-hmm. hunts. And um, so now we have another pair of guys, which they spent way too much time t- trying to show one of the guys talking to the other guy into signing the documents. That's a big part of this film. Yeah, played by kind of a, a movie microscope regular Corey Johnson, one of the men here. He's in um, one other movie. Yeah, the, he's in the fourth kind. He's in two huge epic pieces of shit. Is he in other bad movies? Like, I mean, well, he was in Hellboy. He was in Hellboy, which is good. Right. Hellboy 2 or Hellboy? Hellboy 1. Yeah, he, he is. He's, he's been killing it for a long time. He was in Saving Private Ryan with Burns. He was in The Mummy, Black Hawk Down, Hellboy, Born Ultimatum. The guy's killing Mummy. it. Which one? The original. Well, not the original, the, the first Brandon Fraser. You know what? Currently... At home, fully vaxxed, waiting against hope uh, that Morbius won't get delayed again. Is he in Morbius? Oh yeah, he's been doing it, man. He's a he's a he's a. Actually, he has been in uh, he has been in movie microscope films already. What he was in Hunter Killer. Oh my god! Of course he was. <laughs> he told his agents he had one rule. He said only hit. <laughs> I do this for one thing. I want to be a legend right. of the acting profession. Get me in the best films. Yeah. And he's like, by the way, give me a memorable name. <laughs> you know what? The, the guy is like a, a cucaracha, though, man. He still somehow survives and makes it into films. Is he on social media? I'd love to. F- I, we got to follow him. If he's on Insta, Twitter, Twitch, is he a Twitch streamer? Is What's he doing? Does he have a cooking show? What's his name? Corey Johnson? Already I've forgotten. already forgotten his name. Yeah, he is. Corey Johnson's his super name. Yeah, so how does that hunt go? Well, so here's what... This is... Burns makes this case to Catherine McCormick. Two very energetic actors, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but he says she expresses concern that something is going to go wrong. And he says, we're bulletproof. We've taken all the precautions... Nothing can go wrong. He's wrong. And so the next trip, like Nick said, they get these two rich guys, Corey Johnson and this other guy who is, is freaking out to go back in the past. And what, what happens is before this, we see somebody that works at the lab kind of moving a package and he uh, has a crush on um, one of the scientists played by Jemima Ro- Roper or Ruper or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he doesn't, he's looking at her or not what he's doing. And he, uh, something happens where like this container breaks open and this like nitroglycerin spills on Ed Burns' gun, right. who is just laying out. Of course. As he, as he just said, we've taken all the precautions. Oh, by the way, do we leave our guns around? On the floor. And you know it's his gun because it says his name tags right beside it, Ryer. Right. And so then they go back in the past. So you know something's going wrong. That's the thing. You know something's going to happen here. And what happens is they they do the same thing as the first hunt, except when Burns goes to fire, his gun doesn't work. So nobody else's guns works. And so they have to play this weird game of distraction with this dinosaur that wants to eat all these people. Mm-hmm. And so what do you have? You have this watery looking weird path. Ed Burns is swinging a flashlight around. Pulling an Ian Malcolm and the effects are ex- exceptional in this scene. They could even and, get a flashlight graphic to look good. And so then like whenever the the the, cre- the dinosaur is about to eat Ed Burns, 
then another one of the scientists distracts the dinosaur and the dinosaur's dumb and he just keeps getting distracted by everything he never gets to eat because someone makes a sound somewhere else and so then he the dinosaur has to go there and so it works and at the end they get the gun working ed burns throws the flashlight in the air the dinosaur looks up because it's an idiot and Ed Burns shoots it. In the head. Yeah. And good news, because the um, one of the scientists says, it, it's approximately in the right spot. You, you did an okay job here. No worries. Problem is, these rich guys rounded a corner, and you see like a dirty footprint, on a CGI footprint on this path. So you know somebody stepped off the path, unfortunately. Right. When they get now back to the future, things are a little trippy. It's a little warmer warmer it's okay i'm gonna call uh i'm gonna call shenanigans on this whole footprint bullshit okay okay let's talk let's let's talk real talk here allosaurus caught in the muck volcano seconds later obliterates the valley everything gets cooked everything gets burnt footprints in midair footprints done i'm not buying it i'm not buying it not the concern the problem is this somebody's and we didn't find, I don't find this until later. One of these rich guys stepped on a butterfly, the butterfly that we see, and then brought it back to to the present. And as Ed Burns later says, when they figure it out, this butterfly, you know, laid eggs, had babies. That's what you know. This it's the this this mess with the future. Um, the problem is, you think that the butterfly would have got obliterated in that volcanic? That's explosion. why I'm calling every shenanigan here. This is dog fuck. I don't yeah. agree with Tammy the software. That's right. There is a software program named Tammy that is uh, helping them. Um, and it's that, that software developed by Catherine McCormick's character. Correct. It's kind of like a modern day. It's like a version of Alexa. They ask it questions. It has all the info or how or something, right. I guess, is what it's based on. Yeah. But Tammy, do you know what it stands for? Yep. Time, what? Algorithm, Majestic. Yeah. I think it stands for trained actor Michael Ironside. <laughs> Originally oh, going to be Mr. Pierce Brosnan in the in the Ed Burns role. Smart man, turn it down at the last minute or what? Yeah, because Pierce Brosnan chose well always. He, he doesn't. He's a he, stinker machine. He's got a better track record than Burns, I think. What year is this? I mean, what year is this masterpiece? Two thousand five, maybe. Am I wrong? I mean, I think it didn't come out for a while. It was like shot and then didn't come out for a while. He got Sarah from Falls. <laughs> You know what's, what's funny is two years later he did a movie called Butterfly on a Wheel. Did he really? So he didn't do Butterfly in a Shoe, but he did Butterfly on a Wheel. Yeah, it's a memorable one that I, everybody remembers. Butterfly on a Wheel with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he did the Matador though. That was good. He did. Uh, yeah, I'd say he has had a, a, more, a more storied success rate. I mean, he's in Nomads for God's sakes. <laughs> That's the one. Um, so they directed come back- by somebody good. Nomads. Yeah, did Jeff Murphy? Who did that shit? Somebody who went on to do shit was did Nomads. Am I wrong? I thought the guy that whoever did Nomads went out to be a, a shit man. John McTiernan. Yeah. John McTiernan directed Nomads. That was my only problem with Skyfall. Nomads. Pretty good. Was he in Quantum of Solace? I almost said that. No, that was uh, that was that Matthew. Uh, he died, right? He dies in uh, Casino Royale. Yeah. He gets shot. Almarac. Yeah. yeah. So they come back and the Richies are fucking livid. They can't believe that their lives were put into jeopardy, that they went back 65 million years and it, it wasn't safe. And they are throwing a huge fit. You know, Corey Johnson says, by the time I'm done suing you, I'm going to own this joint. Ben Kingsley is like a little startled. It's like a Matthew Modine 
in wrong turn 2021 type wig on his uh, bald head. And he's looking like he's in damage control and you know he is and he does kind of he does kind of do some damage control instantly and he says look this is all planned this isn't this is to get your guys's blood pressure up not you were never not safe everything's fine go back to your little bungalows or whatever we're good here and then they leave and then burns is pissed everybody's mad and it's starting to get warm and there's also like a government agent that's there that's like kind of overseeing everything let's not no don't even bring it up. And he's the character in this. Don't bring and up. He's kind of don't bring up everything. Don't bring up any characters, please. <laughs> you're hurting. You're hurting our, our flow. Well, but. they kind of make him out to be a villain in this. I guess he is, but it's really more of an annoyance to Burns because he's like getting in Burns' way, and Burns is trying to do the good work. He said, "I'm trying to bring back baby elephants, bitch." Yep. You know, like I'm trying to do it right. I want venomous yeah, snakes no back in this bitch. <laughs> I'm trying to Noah's Ark this. Although I, I do like the fact that um, that they that Kingsley does this really weird laugh in that scene. It's kind of cool. Um, Kingsley is a little hamming it up a little bit. He he kind of knows that this movie's ridiculous. By the way, I, I hope we're in agreement on who the worst character in this movie is. It's not even close. The worst character? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be close. It ain't close. The bellhop at Burns' building. <laughs> <laughs> He does get a couple. I was gonna say the kid in the looting scene of the grocery store. Not even I close. Pretty, I, mean, I think he's pretty close. I, that yeah. bellhop feels like an automat, like an NPC. I was waiting for them to reveal he is a projection that comes. That's like a computer. He's supposed to be, but they didn't have the budget. Yeah, let's, kept, let's just keep him real. Let's save some money. The weird thing is, so Burns is in his in his flat, and he looks, and that fern is thriving. That guy's there for a good reason, though. I mean, I know you're ripping his character. And I know that you're calling crying foul on his character's inclusion in this movie. But without him, we wouldn't know that Burns gets laid all the time and this guy calls these ladies taxis. I mean, what an incredible job he has in this movie. He's like, want me to call another taxi for you there? Yeah. Right for one of your a quote-unquote relatives that are that's in your town he knows he's he's nudging burns he knows he knows what's going on up there he's like my ears ring every time you empty your balls <laughs> what a wonderful character honey i got one <laughs> and a roll what's what's the role i i'm the guy that uh basically keeps track of uh travis ryer's busts <laughs> that's andrew blanchard as george the doorman i call i call these uh, instead of letting these ladies walk home in shame i call them a rhombus yeah that arrives and these cars are shit nick they're terrible looking. <laughs> they're awful throughout and there's a scene in this where he is walking i believe with one of his co-workers edward burns and they're obviously walking in place like they're they're delivering dialogue as they walk in place and in front of a green screen that is that later they fill in with absolute nightmarish shit. Yeah. How'd you feel about the uh, baseball pennants in, in Burns's room? I, is, that, is that a personal touch? I imagine. Well, it's so funny. He's in this apartment that they didn't even bother to try to futurist. Mm -hmm. And he's got two banners on his wall. Cubs apparently win the world series in 2022 and in uh, 2046. Because this movie yeah. was done, and the book obviously was done well before the Cubs ended up winning the World Series, which was a kind of a running joke. And all, yeah. all time travel movies have to mention the Cubs winning the World Series, and this is sure. no exception. So I'll tell you what, though, if the Cubs do win next year, 
I expect this to get a, a renaissance of some sort. Peter Himes knows where the bread is butter in this movie. He gets Edward Burns' kid off a lot in this. Edward Burns in boxers, Edward Burns stripping, taking off his shirt. There's a scene towards the end where they just watch him. He, the camera lingers as he changes into his suit. Yep. You know, he knows what's going on. He knows what the audience, audience wants. He, he knows where the oh mama shots are in this. <laughs> And I thought it was very wise of him to have that subtitle come up on the screen. Turn your volume down so you can't hear his squeaky voice as he's nakeding. Here's the thing. Things are going bad. Burns wakes up. His fern looks beautiful. What? It's 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 really warm outside. The fish are killing themselves. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tip off. Suicidal fish. And then Burns is walking to work. Oh, my God. The crowd is gathered. They're like, what? Yeah. Because... Roots busted through a wall, yeah. and everybody is like, "Look at these roots that busted through a wall." This is, and there's a crowd of like twenty people there looking at roots. Yeah, and then the doorman calls a cab for them roots. Oh, false alarm! All right, but yeah, everybody's really interested in roots. It busts through a wall. Things are going Burns, a little weird. So here's a weird thing that happens. Okay, so Burns comes to work because they're gonna, you know, they're back to it. They don't know anything went wrong. They're gonna take another another trip back into the past to kill this dinosaur again. And he comes, and his coworker. Is changing his in, in her little like booth, and she's naked, and Burns averts his eyes, and she says to him, "You seen me skinny dipping?" And Burns replies, "You were eight. What does that mean? What does it mean? I don't understand. They grew up together. Like what? Yeah, they've known each other since forever. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, he's they, twenty years older than her. Is that what they they never mentioned growing up together? Right. That's the only." Thing that references that, right? Is that correct? They're they've been friends for a long time. It, it, just from this line, or did they reference it before? I don't know. Either way, that's my favorite part of the movie. Anyway, they get right back at it. They take some more Richies into the past. What happens this time? Uh oh. Uh oh. The thing's already dead. Dino's already dead. They're like, huh? And then the volcano explodes. It erupts. And they think, you know, they think that the damn computer went to shit. They think Tummy went bad or whatever, Tammy. And they're like, uh-oh, they jump into this. So we don't mention this, but this this walkway comes out of this hole, this weird-looking hole, and they, him and um, his coworker, Jemima Ruper, the actress, they dive into it, you know, the last minute before the smoke fills the screen, and then they show them they're in the cart. Yeah, they're already, they're, they're strapped into the thing, which blows me away. <laughs> they dive into it belly like they're on their belly like they're sliding it closes behind them at the, in the nick of time and then they are strapped into the machine <laughs> strapped into their tram um which i i did appreciate that burns had a pattern for the tram like a, that he has to say like don't look into the light or something remember he has like some jokes mm -hmm. that you would deliver if you were like an amusement park operator like a you know anyway it doesn't matter they get back burns is now pissed he's like what tammy betrayed us and um, Tammy said, I've done nothing wrong. I sent you back to where we always send you back. So now they know something's up. Yeah, there's these waves of shit happening. Like they're sending these shock waves. Well, you don't know that yet. No. Um, he just knows that things have something went wrong and they're trying to figure out. He goes to visit Catherine McCormick's character who is now, everything is starting to get kind of weird and people are frantic. He goes to her apartment building and people are trying to get in her room and she's got a gun doesn't make a lot of sense. She won't let him in. So what does he do, Nick? How does he get in? He grabs a bag of fertilizer and pretends he's a delivery man. Right. She's having manure delivered to her door uh, via Amazon Prime, I guess. And 
he says, hey, hey, buddy, he gives him some money. Let me take this up. And so he says, hey, I have your fertilizer. And she lets him in. To save money, they actually filmed when the first AD on the set brought her her sides for the day and to her trailer. It's like, here's your fertilizer mm-hmm. for the day. That bag of fertilizer took this movie off its IMDb page, by the way. <laughs> So they're walking around. He, her apartment's like almost like it's like a greenhouse. She's he has lots of plants in there. They're walking around like a Phantom Menace like looking set. And she takes him up to a balcony to to watch something. He, she's like, "Hey, look!" And he looks, and there's like what looks like a tidal wave right coming at them. Right, and you're like, "Oh my god, is this that's how bad it is? A tidal wave? How they? How's he gonna survive this?" Burns gets blown off the balcony. In slow motion, like almost like a bad Matrix type effect, mm-hmm. hits the ground, and then she reveals to him it's a time wave. And every time this time wave sweeps over the Earth, it changes things. Yeah, he's like, "Oh fuck, we did mess up somehow. What what went wrong?" And she says, "Well, you brought something back. Has to be what happened." And it's like, "Well, no, we have precaution. We have like a what does what does he have? They have like a some kind of thing that that looks for that. So the biofilter." Sure Biofilter. And so that's what starts the movie. They got to figure out what they brought back. So now Catherine McCormick's character is on the team, their team of problem solvers. Right. Every time this time wave comes, though, things get worse and worse. Catherine McCormick says eventually it's going to make it changes to human being. By the way, what do you did you notice the uh, acronym for this uh, administrative group? No, they wore it all over their uniforms. TRD, turd. I am not kidding. So you see a bunch of technicians in these jumpsuits that say TRD on them. It's like, uh, all right. <laughs> it's called the turd. Nothing turd can't solve. That's what Maggie Q says. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this time wave has then, there's a someone screaming at the door. They open it up. Oh, shit. One of the neighbors is being consumed by what looks like grasshoppers. No, beetles. Beetles, yeah. And there's a, as you wanted in this movie, as as you expected, there's a whole beetle scene. They have to frantically fight off beetle. And Burns does. He breaks a pipe and does like some kind of steam thing. It doesn't matter. There are millions of beetles all over the place. And I had to text Justin while I was watching this, ask him how they got all those beetles to do that on camera. And then he, yeah, huh. he he told me, no, those are special effects. Well, this is the thing. I was like, I told you, I I paused the movie. I go, I don't, Nick, I don't think they can. I don't think they can get out of this mess. Like, I think this is it for our heroes here. These beetles are numerous. They're hungry, mm-hmm. and there's no way out. They they're coming in through the front door, and that's the only exit. Nick says, don't worry, just watch for a few more minutes. He's right. They jump off the building into a tree. Of course. And the tree is new because, you know, Catherine McCormick says this tree wasn't here, wasn't here before. Right. So that's good that the tree, the time wave gave that tree to them so they can jump into it and get away. Yep. And the Beatles, remember, they see the tree and they're like, fuck, you know. They're like, that tree wasn't there. Mm-hmm. They haven't evolved, evolved to the point where they can jump to trees. Yeah. So but, they watch dinner leaping from the building. But I've got some good news because they realized that something happened on the, on one of their previous safaris, the bad one. So now they've got to go Omega Man themselves through the city to figure out what the hell. They got to get back to the lab. They got to figure this out. They got to jump back in time and start solving problems. Yeah, they got to get that hard drive with Tammy on it. They got to get something going. I mean, this is this is insane. Are you kidding me? The time wave? They got to stop it. And the only way to stop it is unfortunately Ed Burns. Like you got to send him back in time to do his shit. And that's what they do. The whole movie is to deliver Ed Burns unto the past 
to fix things. Let's I'll, I'll spoil the ending. He does. He fixes it. But what the hell is coming out? Like what is what is happening? There are those roaches are only the beginning. There are new species coming strong. So yeah, so the team, you know, they well, first of all, it leads to this all leads to a scene that you know Burns is gonna go back into the past and fix things. Unfortunately, uh oh, oh shit. He goes to back in the past, and then what happened? Because he's going to get some clues. He's going to go and kind of jump back to see the team and, and warn them or whatever. And then what they realize is he can't go back to that spot anymore. The time wave's fucking it up. Yep. He actually goes back to, like, the, some, the west. Some desert, yeah. He sees some Native Americans on horseback, and they jump over him. And then he he's like, oh, man, this isn't where I wanted to go. Uh, but he bookmarks it for future hunt you know safari hunting anyway he gets back he's like that's not gonna work Catherine mccormick draws a bunch of circles on in the air and says what we really gotta do is put you here in the time it doesn't matter (laughs) but first we gotta get everybody on the team killed by going through the city to do to figure out what happened yeah because there are now uh baboon lizards patrolling the world yeah so they have to they have to go visit these richies they figure out what's happening what happens these richies brought something back with them the, the Richie's are played by Corey Johnson and the other guy who we didn't. His name's Eccles or something in the movie. That's William um, Armstrong. I believe he. I believe that actor was in the Crazies. No one cares. I'm not no one cares about him or it. Zoom in. Thank you. Played the mayor in the Crazies. Maybe <laughs> zoom in. But either that or he played the mayor. I'm not kidding. In the Bay. Don't, One of those two. Don't movies. fuck me out. Go look at his IMDb and see if he's in either the Crazies or the Bay or both. Don't get me hard. Let me zoom in. I better be right a little bit. I got some good news. No. I was wrong? But I bet you know who he's dating. I got bad news, man. I'm sorry. Am I wrong? Yeah. I, I was trying to play something during the movie, and that just hit me. And I zoomed wrong. A lot, that really sucks. A lot of people get La Vie en Rose confused with the Bay. I was hoping. He really looks like one of those actors. I was, I thought it was awesome. And so they're they're tracking down these rich guys. And that's the thing is, so they go to this, the first guy's building and it's been looted. There's a, a, a son and a father that are, they go to some stu- stupid store and these guys are trying to, you know, get food. And of course the, is this, is this after or before David? O- and who, you know, this, how do you say his name? David? You're talking about the, be- you- you're talking about the best? You're talking about David Oh, you low Oh, you low Oh, you low Yeah, and he is he there? He he makes it to this point, right? I think so, but not much longer. And they encounter. First of all, they they encounter one of these lizard ape creatures, and it drags off one of their party, and they get him back. You know, Ed Burns pulls some hero moves. They get he shoots this creature in the throat, which is its only weak spot, and gets his his man back. They go to the store, and then there's more of these weird apes in the store that are terrorizing. You know these this father and son that are just looking for food, and Ed Burns goes shoot him in the throat, and they shoot him in the throat, <laughs> one of them in the throat, killing it. And so then they they finally find this rich guy, and he's arguing with somebody over a chair. The guy's trying to burn a chair, and this guy doesn't want them to burn a chair, just this precious chair. Yeah, he's like, don't do it. And so they they accuse this guy of fucking with the past. He he's like, I didn't just because I was scared. Do you think I? Didn't follow the rules and they clear him. Yeah. They're like, well, it wasn't him. So then they make off to the other rich guy's place. He, he, he needs hold up in a, his office building. On the way there, David Oyo, however you say his name, gets killed, unfortunately. In a painstakingly so, slow sequence where he is, well, first of all, very slowly surrounded by these creatures. He's poisoned by some plants that, that, that lash, that grab onto him, that weakens him. So they're dragging him. 
And then as they're dragging him, these all these ape lizards come out of the woodwork, and he's like, just go, leave me. Just save me by fixing the past. So Burns is like, all right, bye. And then they all leave. And then Burns decides to watch this death scene take place. And what happens? They take forever. These creatures, these CGI creatures, slowly creep up to this injured man as he delivers a like a monologue, like kind of like a theater monologue about he kind of harkens back to his past, starts speaking to his brother about the stars. I mean, incredible scene. And I think I believe those creatures are moved. I would think so. Absolutely. They moved to eat him. Yeah, they eat his face, I believe. And Burns watches this. He he waits just to make sure it happens. It does. And then he leaves. He goes to... Then they track down this other Richie. And he is off his rocker. He's like firing guns at them. He's mad. He's going crazy. The world can't be fixed. He kills somebody, another person that's going crazy. It's just... It's a whole mess. And after he's threatening them and then he kills himself... What do they find? What do they find? His boot. And what's on there? A butterfly. A, gi- a gigantic prehistoric butterfly. Literally could not be walking with that thing on there and not notice. And uh, you know, I'm surprised they take his boots home, for God's sake. You know when you step in just a little bit of shit and you're walking and you instantly know something's under your shoe? Instantly. Yeah. This is bigger yeah. than any shit. He took a butterfly on his boot home, unfortunately. That's what that's what set up all this mayhem and horrific time wave and all that stuff. I mean, there's a goddamn hot dog cart in the in the brambles. Did you see that? <laughs> I did not. Is it from Sleepers? No. I thought maybe it was a little tribute to Sleepers. That'd be great. Ed Burns is like, oh man, the worst has come true. This guy stepped on a butterfly. What are we gonna do? And so, like, let's get back to Ben Kingsley. Let's 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 get back to home base. And they do get back to Ben Kingsley. What, what's what's he doing? He's he's having a great time. He's submerged underwater, dead as can be. Ben Kingsley out, no longer required. I know. Um, well, fortunately, they discover this this guy you don't want me to talk about the the government agent, and he tells everybody to be quiet. And they're like, "Why, man?" And he goes, look up, and the, these ape lizards are lost boying on the ceiling. <laughs> you know, there, there's about a thousand of them hanging from the rafters. That's how they sleep. They're pulling it underwater. Yeah. And there, and Burns is like, shit, come with us, man. And he's like, no, I got to hide here. And they leave. And then he goes, wait, wait, hold on. Let actually do take me with you. And unfortunately, he makes too much noise. Yeah. And gets surrounded by these these creatures. Then there's an underwater sequence. Is there? In the, in the, in the train cart, in the subway cart. Oh, God, yeah. There's a creature down there. Yeah, like a sea, a sea serpent creature that sucks. And it, it takes our girl out, Jemima. The, but look, the, the girl, but this is, girl he knew as a child. This yeah. is all building up to where we really need to be what? when the next time wave hits. It's the best thing that ever happens in this movie, in my opinion. Okay, <laughs> so first of all, this underwater thing, they there's like a subway, like a train car underwater. It just, there's CGI things happening. All of a sudden, they're submerged underwater. They have to get out and, you know, get back to the past. Uh, they lose one of their members, but this weird sea creature. Then Burns has to fight it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a and that's he did not put all of his work his his acting skill to work in that sequence. Then he knifes it in the eyes, but it doesn't really hurt it, and it's about to eat him, but it gets crushed. And so then there's a shot of his boots about to enter this poor creature, this you know this CGI creature's mouth, but it it does get crushed. Catherine McCormick uh, revives him because he drowns during this. She revives him while while floating, standing upright. It's the first CPR I've seen where both people are floating upright. And uh, he he revives. And he said, what happened? They have a little jump scare. They decide that that creature is cool enough that they'll have a little jump scare with its CGI head. It's just its head. And it's convincing. But it's not alive. 
It's a convincing effect. They bring it back for the audience. Thrill the audience. One more thrill. Yeah. And then so the two wet heroes, they like just in time before the time wave comes, they send Ed Burns back into the past. And as they as he goes back into the past, the time wave hits and turns poor Catherine McCormick into a blue creature. <laughs> She's an adorable blue catfish creature. And she sideways blinks at the camera as if to say, what in the absolute fuck just happened? I got time waved into CGI. I look like Abe from Hellboy. She, first of all, no, she looks like if they were, if Abe was being used to sell like some sort of gummy treat, the quality of effects that they would use, you know? She looks cute though. I mean, I like, I like this look. It doesn't, it's a harmless look. You know, the creatures we've seen uh, that inhabit this world are very deadly looking. They're, I mean, they're threatening, but this creature looks... Docile and intelligent and, and compassionate. But yeah, she got time-waved yeah. back in something new. And that's not that's not what she wanted to happen. I remember specifically she, she was worried about this happening. Yeah. And unfortunately, McCormick uh, had been recorded on record saying that when she saw this film for the first time, she was really excited to see how they would visualize what a, a slightly mutated version of her might look like. And uh, 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 Peter Himes receives a therapy bill every year on the winter solstice for, for sure. They do such a bad job that you have to assume that's her. Like you, it's not like that they, it's like you see this creature. I, I imagine this would lose some of the audience. Like why are they showing a weird creature now? Like who's this weird creature? You know, that she's standing in front of like a, I guess like an ivy color covered monitor. It's a terminal. Yeah, she's at the terminal doing some work. I'd like to think that that's just uh, that's that's where we're going. This this film is sort of giving us a tease as to where we're going. Oh, by the way, they they do make a villain because the the biofilter was turned off. Like you find out, this government guy was working with Ben Kingsley to they turn the biofilter off because I guess it was it cuts costs. It cuts costs. It cuts costs. Yeah, yeah it cuts costs. Anyway, so the idea here is that Ben, I'm sorry, Ed Burns goes back into the past. And then warns himself and his party of, and they say this is going to be a very painful thing. You're going to have to go back before this happens. And then we're going to shoot you into this, this little space um, that you can warn everybody. And it doesn't seem very painful at all, actually. He just, it just happens. And so then he does. As this, he, he kind of zips into the scene where they're fighting that dinosaur. The dinosaur, like, they don't, the guns aren't working. And then he just yells at them, hey, Something fucked up happened. It's an awkward scene. And then and then Jemima Guys. Jemima yeah. is the person who's supposed to communicate this to him. Yeah. Tell myself. And so then he tackles this rich guy. That's what he remembers. He got to tackle the rich guy before he steps on the beautiful butterfly, which he does, and then disappears. Because his future version, this version of him no longer exists because he corrected yeah. the past. Beautiful. And so then, yeah, they come out and she shows, uh, she hands um, Edward Burns a ball. <laughs> That has the video of, of him appearing, which he doesn't see, I guess. He knows that they, they can no longer do this. They gotta shut it down. And then he goes he go, he goes to Rand, who at this point doesn't realize because time has been reverted back to normal, doesn't realize that they were buddies for a stretch there. And then he gives the ball basically saying, Look, this is the, this is all it takes to bring this time safari down. And uh, you know that they're going to be needing that bellhop to make a call soon. And he says he, he bonds with her. He said, I'm a gardener myself. I have a fern. That's what he says. Earlier, he says he has a brown thumb. Does he? Yep. After the bellhop make a call. <laughs> I just love that he was shouting this plan during the dino attack. Like, people are going to be able to pay attention. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, granted, Burns shouting isn't really normal person shouting. I wish that it would have been awesome if he, like, saved 
Like he said, he tackles this guy from stepping off the pass, and then Jerry Lewis is off the path himself. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, stories usually end with something. You know, that's the thing is this has a happy ending. But I wonder if the original, and I can't zoom in this hard, the original short story had a had a bad, like a sad ending. You know, but once again, I will say this movie would have been fine if it was budgeted and directed with uh, with some uh, some love. It's not a it's not an awful story. I would have watched Dis- it. Disagree. The premise is good. Yeah. The premise is interesting. And the, 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 I'd say the screenplay probably needs some work. You know, there's moments that are awful in this that have nothing to do with CGI. Like the whole death scene with the monologue and all that stuff was probably in the script. And it's just, that stuff's not that good. It's no different said, than Randy Quaid's death in ID4. I'm telling you, this movie you. could have been fun. How dare you? Well, it's not that it's not fun. It has some fun moments. It's ridiculous. Wonder if people. Wonder how many. I bet a lot of people have seen this. They had to. They had to be playing on like HBO or like Cinemax or something for a long time. It had to be a cheap get. I'll tell you this though: the guys that wrote it haven't made a good movie yet. Yeah, list, list their credits. They're partners. Thought Crimes, Sahara, Sound of Thunder, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night, and the Conan remake with Momoa. And there's a new one they're working on too. Uh, Didn't kill their careers. That blows my pan. Well, that's. I didn't see the Conan movie. It sucks so bad. It was so bad. And Dylan Dog, people kind of liked. No. Brandon Routh in this. It's dog. It's dog fuck. Uh, I didn't watch it, but it's dog fuck. How, what do you think the fake plant budget was in this? Because th- those were not all CGI plants. That's a great question. You know, they, had, they had a lot of, I imagine, um, practical roots in this. <laughs> the uh, the path of like crystal blue, fucking pale, floating blue conveyor belt bullshit leads around the corner and there's a whirring sound you know yeah. you're walking on that time platform and sure enough trapped in time somewhere a gentleman with an ink gun putting the works okay. on a person you know going back in time to get a tattoo from this movie yeah did ray bradbury write the illustrated man i believe so well that just makes it all come home so uh you got to get something on your bod from uh sound of thunder mm. mine's easy you know the scene of braveheart where Catherine mccormick is tied to a pole and has her throat slit Man, like it was yesterday. Well, I got that on my on my arm, except it's the blue thing. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's a perfect recreation of that scene of Braveheart, mm. except it's the blue thing. I'm just gonna have like a on my arm. It's gonna have maybe above my elbow. Actually, it's gonna have a chair. And I'm just going to show my elbow around. I'm just going to, and I'm just going to know who the real ones are. I'm going to fi- figure it out. Who finally, when someone says, "Is that the chair that guy was protecting <laughs> from being burned in the 2005 movie A Sound of Thunder?" Yeah, I was like, "That's it." Why would? Don't ask me that. I have no idea why he loved that chair so much. I don't. I don't know what was so sentimental to you know, like what was so valuable about the chair. Not the, this chair. I wonder what it was. That's insane. Maybe his wife. The time wave t- turned his wife into a chair. That's right. Or maybe he was a couch potato. And that I'm going to have to get on Reddit love, to figure that yeah. out. <laughs> That's the love of his life. So look, you've uh, you've been given the budget to do your own sequel to uh, the surefire hit Sound of Thunder. What happens in your, in your sequel? All right, so they are Time Safari is back up and running, much to everybody's surprise. Burns and McCormick have shacked up, so they don't even know about all this. They're they're in a they're in a different town, and they go back and they uh they they come back into the into the office there after their hunt, thinking everything's great, and there's this like clumping sound as they're leaving. It's like what the fuck? And he looks down, 
and there's a T-Rex on his shoe. Uh-oh. Stepped on a big one. <laughs> a huge one. <laughs> my my sequel would be Burns. It, it just starts with Burns sitting in his office. Christy Turlington comes in. She rubs his shoulders. It's okay, hon. Look, you always got your indie cred. And he's just, look, he's just like tears are in his eyes. He's just shaking his head. You know, I, I wish there was something I could do, you know. And she's like, look, just get back on the horse. Stop dwelling on this. He's like, I feel like I was tricked by my agents, by my friends, by people I trusted to do this, this movie. And she, she's like, and I feel like I was betrayed by you. And she's like horrified, you know, just leaves the room. So then he gets out some books. He's like, I got to figure out time travel to go back into the past and warn, warn a, two years ago, Ed Burns not to do this movie. <laughs> so that's what it is that this Ed Burns that's what that's what this movie is. Fortunately, he goes back in and steps on Ed Burns and brings. <laughs> if they were smart, they would have called this movie "She's the One Million Years BC." Did you hear what happened? Did you hear the this movie had so much bad luck? So he they had to shut down production because he he got hit in his uh, throat during an accident in this movie and it made his voice normal. So they had to shut down <laughs> for a week. Yeah. So his, his voice went back. They're like, hit him in the throat. It's the only place to go. Anyway, do you think that would work as a sequel? A little, Maybe a little John Malkovich-esque. Yeah. John Malkovich. But I think it would work. You had me at Christy Turlington back rub. <laughs> so the movie has ended. Uh, the, the version that we saw in theaters, everyone did. Uh, and after the credits, by, by golly, there's a stinger. A little extra scene. Interesting to think about that they would have a budget for a, an extra scene. Mm-hmm. The camera pans to the delete scene is a <laughs> it pans to the Ben Kingsley his dead body underwater, but it's now one of those blue creatures. So it switched him even though he's dead, it still it still changed him to the same blue creature McCormick got. Yeah. But they and, and everybody's like, well, everything's back to normal. No, that's fine. He's still is he a dead blue creature? Yeah. That's fantastic. It, it evolved him into the dead version of it. Yeah. <laughs> it probably did. That's, if you think yeah. about it. Still got the same white hair, though. So mine is, uh, a, you hear a sound of a popping cork. Cut to Burns and McCormick are under the covers together. Glass of champagne. They, they, they put their drinks down, and they're, you know, they've been having some sex. And yeah. uh, he starts to talk to her about, you know, p- the possibilities of what they can use this technology, Tammy, for for good. And she interrupts him and she pushes his head down under the covers and says, "Toss the salad right away." <laughs> oh <my God>. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta appreciate someone that that speaks up for themselves about their desires in the bedroom. I guess she didn't do that. She just kind of forces his head down. I don't know. I mean, it seems a little bit, and it's weird because she's got his fern between her legs. Is that what you're saying? No, he, like, oh. he just gets her. She's like pushing it down there. She says, you need to rebuild that rasp. Your voice starting to max out. Get down there and get some rasp in there. You know, like, let me get you. <laughs> that's, that's the extended scene. Yeah. She wants cunnilingus from burns. From burns. She's like, yeah, let's rasp you up. She's like, uh, you're, you're you know, let's get you down there. And she forces him down there. 
And uh, that's the only part of her that never switched back. No, she's the normal person. She's great. And it's in real time. <laughs> and it's just a, a bunch of silent acting from Catherine McCormick. You know what I mean? Ed Burns out of the frame, you know? Well, you got to give a little to the audience sometimes. And I think that that's, a, that's something that I think the audience would appreciate. Just seeing two people attracted to each other. Yeah. enjoying a moment like this after all that mayhem that she doesn't remember right. and he doesn't remember. Do you think he tries to flip his legs up and kind of get a little... Uh... 96? <laughs> um, so you have been given some financing to do uh, a business related to Sound of Thunder. Boom. 64 would be the guy in that chair. <laughs> McDonald's, Arby's, Taco Bell. Wendy's. There's got to be room for one more. There has to be. A Sound of Thunder restaurant. Okay. So you just go Sound of Thunder burger, Sound of Thunder fries. Everything is Sound of Thunder Junior. Yeah. Sound of Thunder with cheese. Just now, all of a sudden, a major player in the fast food, uh, titans of the fast food industry. Like the, the biggest, the top five restaurants make room. Yeah. There's a new kid in town, and it's the Sound of Thunder menu at at maybe call it a soft restaurant, a, you know, a Sound of Thunder. Yes, like, I, I'm trying to think of a catchy title we can compete with Wendy's and Arby's. Right. But let's just call it a Sound of Thunder restaurant. That's it, man. I mean, I, I got nothing more than that. I mean, do I need to have anything? More I think I think what not the, the big deal is they invested into some sort of a gimmick, right? So you you have to mm -hmm. dine in. There's no takeout. You got to dine in. Yeah. You're sitting there. And you, well, you can't. Take out. You can't take anything out, right? Because it would disrupt, yeah, their business. Bio, biofilter, right? For sure. Yeah, it would just it just go off as soon as you try to get fast to, to go. No, yeah, but you order. Let's yeah. say you order a rib sandwich. All of a sudden, uh, that the, they shoot the time wave through the building. Now your rib sandwich is nuggets. Ah, fuck! You got to eat quick before a time wave changes it. Right? Oh, I'm allergic to. Yeah, oh, I'm allergic to peanut, and then it's peanut, and all of a sudden that's a fun, that's a fun thing, though. You're making my idea better, but that's a fun thing. Uh, to, to like, you never know what you're going to get. If you get there at the right time, it could be the wrong food. Right. You know, and that's exciting. Yeah. And so I, I like this idea. I, I like that you made it better. No, I just like the idea every once in a while that your food becomes a penis. So it didn't change. <laughs> it, I, there needs to be, I was thinking about this the other day I mean, there hasn't been much of a change. Like there's it's Wendy's, Arby's, McDonald's, Burger King. We've been living with that for a long time. Carl's Jr. maybe is kind of newish. That's just Hardee's. Five guys. You know, like that's not even fast. That's not the right. It's not fast food enough. Freddy's Thick Burgers. Is that real? Yeah. What a burger is kind of a thing that never really caught you on. Got, Col you got Culver's. Is that fast food? It's, yeah. it's an ice cream it's joint. No, it's fast food as fuck. But it's also ice cream. Yeah, it's so steak and shape. It's Dairy Queen. You know, it's that stuff. That's it. You don't think of them when you think of these, like, you don't think of it, like, when you think of, like, Wendy's or, like, a Sound of Thunder restaurant, you don't think of, it's not in the same yeah. categories. So what are your idea? What's, you got something? Like, uh, mine is, like, a, um, it's kind of cool. We've partnered up with uh, the, leg the, the the estate of Peter Tosh, and we do Time Rastafari. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You go back and, no, no, actually what they do is they send you back, back to the Cretaceous. Yeah. You got dreads on. Yeah. You got conch beads so uh still on, still on or urban which one do what still on or urban you still got dreads on <laughs> okay i didn't i didn't understand the words what you were saying stallone they said still on urban i was like i don't I, I, um 
So yeah, I, mean, I think if we were no, quite clear. No, so basically they send you back in time, but you mm-hmm. but you got the freaking you look like yeah, you, know, you got the colorful Jamaican shirt, you got the sure. little hat, you got the conch beads, you got the dreadlocks, mm-hmm. and then you're looking at a dinosaur. It's really good. It's great, yeah. Actually. And you're wearing dreads. Yeah, and you talk about Haile Selassie, and you're like just killing mm-hmm. it in there. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing Edward Burns looking like a dread? Can you imagine if one of the rich people went back in time? And they prepared for everything, but he starts playing reggae music at the dinosaur. And like, we didn't account for this. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought we had all our bases covered. And the dinosaur starts to groove. Yeah. And the volcano decides not to erupt. You know, like something like magic. And happens. that's how that movie Gonjosaurus Rex comes into play. <laughs> Hell yeah. Is that a movie? Yeah. It's an old, like a nice. drug culture movie from the day. Look, you've been intersposed into the movie. Your yes. body's transformed and you are spiraling into a sound of thunder. We get to be a part of this? Yep. I'm a billionaire who wants to finger a dinosaur. It's my my dream, you know? So uh, I, I throw a little side hustle to Ben Kingsley, a little side mun. You know, his fucking Venmo is lighting out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I go alone. I was like, look, I need you to take me on a special safari. I know that there's some, those are some, there's some fearsome creatures back in the, the, the Cretaceous, the Mesozoic. I'm not, I'm not picky. Jurassic, the Triassic. I don't care. I just know that I got to get in. And so uh, I want to thumb, I want to thumb fuck a a stego or something like that. So, um, you know, I throw him some money on the side. He sends me back with Ed Burns and Ed Burns is dry heaving as I fumble my way around the inside of an Ankylosaurus. And then we come back, and I have disrupted time in a huge way. You know what I'm saying? Ed Burns dry even say we didn't also didn't account for this. <laughs> Thought we had our bases covered. And we we come back, and we realize that uh, I don't know what trigger I pulled back then, but things are super. Uh, the world is exactly as we as we have it today, except dinosaurs are are a subservient species, and we. Right. Ankylosaurus in particular cannot etch that smile off their face. So good on me. So it's a better, better reality. Yeah. No COVID. No life. COVID, by the way. Brought to life by a pervert. <laughs> a, a pervert with a very weird fixation. Yeah. And, and then uh, on the way back, Burns like winks. He goes, I got a brown thumb too. Perfect. Perfect. I'm a surfer that has surfed every fucking wave, every coast like anything you can think of i've seen it i'm jaded mm-hmm. and I, I basically my surfboards got cobwebs i'm done fuck surfing you know i was good I, I was maybe the best i'm jaded i'm like there's nothing this world has got for me you know like this sucks i've seen it all and i'm done and i'm just like out of shape eating fritos like i just you know i'm just depressed and then i look out my wind oh and i see the old time wave. Yep. I get out the old airbrush gear. Yep. I, I you know wash off my surf, surfboard, and clean the cobwebs off, and I start airbrushing an old <laughs> a clock on <laughs> a clock on my surfboard mm-hmm. and give them a thumbs up. What's the? Yeah, I know you're talking the, the horns, the, the, like the, yeah, the, the, I'm cool horns. What do they call that? I don't know. Surf, surfers guys that do the. Way cool. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but he does. He makes a he makes a uh, a clock given that sign in Bermuda shorts. 
airbrushes that off and then goes to surf that time wave. Yeah. Um, gets onto the highest U shaped building he can find, gets a surfboard up there and waits for the next wave. It, t- it takes a while. Yeah. It takes like eight hours before that thing comes back through, but he's ready. Yeah. My character's ready and, he's, and it comes and he surfs and he drops right down. He's done. <laughs> it doesn't work. You cannot surf a time wave like the water mm-hmm. he drops to your death. Yeah. Um, he's done but i mean he went out like he died happy until he realized he was dropping to his death that that wasn't the best part but right before you know he's he thought he was gonna be able to shoot the curl yeah you know he waved goodbye Mm -hmm. yeah he he did he exploded on impact it was a mess and you know surfboard um shattered as well those monkeys came out eight (laughs) had a little feet or child's like shaking his head fucking what is that what is that what do they call that give me a What's that hand? It's a cowbunga horns. I don't know. And then, and then his landlord says, uh, you know, he never was on time with his rent, but man, he just lived to get radical. He did explode it on impact, unfortunately, but he did try. I think that's the lesson. You, if there is ever a time wave that sweeps across the world, you got to try to surf that. Like you said, you got to get radical. You got to do something. I wish I knew the, the name of that hand signal. I think I've been pretty close. Called the horns, called the cowbunga horns, called the surfer's gesture. You never landed on it. Yeah, you could call it the uh, the swinging rent. You can call it the you know it's closer, warmer, like warmer, like the the triply salute. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can call it, right? The the warmer, the, like the Yemen's wave. Oh, I like that. Yeah, the uh, the phalange harvest. You know. Yeah, so he airbrushes the phalange harvest on his surfboard. <laughs> A clock doing it. A clock with hands. Um, look, you're on an island. You've been floating at sea for all these years, and you've gathered debris from various films. You have to take something from Sound of Thunder. It's yeah. a big ask. Well, it's taken a lot from us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Only watched this one once, Justin. I'm sorry to say. You didn't do twice? I did buy it twice, however. I rented it. It is. By uh, the no, way, no one of you guys... No, you didn't rent it. I bought it for you. You did? No, you didn't. What? Did I buy it for you and send it to you? You bought something else for me. Oh. It wasn't a sound of thunder. I rented it. I hope I didn't rent it. You bought it for me. Did you? I, that didn't happen. I thought I bought it for you. Did you buy it for me? Do I own it? And I just rented it. Oh, fuck. I fucked up worse than the people made the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's one ninety nine rental, guys. I know a lot of you guys, a lot of our huge fan base, likes to watch the movies before they listen. And uh, it is a one ninety nine rental on uh, Apple. You don't have to buy it at four ninety nine. Can you imagine if the ego iTunes must think you have to have been gifted this movie and then to rent it on top of that shit? This guy must have really wanted to watch this, and he's dumb. <laughs> but yeah, they they wonder if we're the only people that bought this movie this year. No like way. You you bought it, and I rented it. Wonder if that's the only activity it's had. No way. Had. No way. Who else is buying it? Completists. We need to reach. Out. We need to reach out. Let's 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 reach out form a very exclusive club there is a group of people that love this movie whatever it'd be like a, a dr moreau situation whoever these people are all right so what what would you bring i have got this is strange so i have this bizarre contraption set up uh, up against a cave wall that i've painted white and i have this uh this very primitive bulb and pulley system set up and i have uh travis ryer's head carved in half and I've got this bulb apparatus going up into his head. And there is a little crank that I crank and crank and crank. Uh, and it, what it's doing is it's stripping from his brain. I know what you're doing. It's, I know what you're doing that. It's, it's projecting 
what what his eyes his oh, okay his eyes vision onto the wall just little sure and I have you know and you just crank 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 and you can watch just you know like a, a very primitive loop of visions that he's had and I have it set to when I've got it like I've just isolated a portion of his brain um, mm-hmm. where Jenny Crace was eight years old and I am just I've just got that you know where you could crank it like a like a zoeotrope you know uncle. <laughs> What? Your mind's in the gutter. By the way, there's a line in this that we didn't cover where I believe they're in they're in some apartment. I, I think they're in maybe after the guy kills himself, the rich guy, or Corey Johnson kills himself and they're going through his stuff. And she what's Catherine McCormick says, family albums. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like she she and that like she sees family albums and says, Nice. I had to turn the subtitles on because I I thought maybe it was a clue to what was happening, but she just is thrilled that there's family albums there. So I, that's what I would take. I would take Corey Johnson's, if that's him, whoever she, wherever she says that, whatever spot, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'd be thrilled to have a family album from whatever, whichever one of these rich characters, you know, wherever she finds us at, you know, whoever finds it. I, I, I just like, I'm hoping it's Corey Johnson. I would love to see those pictures. Do you think they actually, to oh, make I'm it sure, real I'm on sure. set, you think? I'm sure. They filled a photo album with, Fake images of Corey Johnson's family? Absolutely. I am looking at concept art for the canceled Xbox PS2 game for Sound of Thunder. Now it was a there was a Game Boy Advance. Yeah, the game, game, I'm, game. I already looked at the Game Boy Advance photos, and that looks actually like mm. a fun little game. But this was also supposed to come out on the Xbox and the PS2, and it got pretty far along in production before they pulled it off the world. I'm looking at it, it looks fun. You're playing Edward Burns in a video game. Are you serious? And you could also control Catherine McCormick. The Game Boy version looks like it's all Ed Burns all the time. But what are they doing? You're, it's a, it's like an isometric third, you know, three quarters perspective. You're walking around, shooting little creepers. Your dinosaurs are chasing you in hallways. It looks. You're saying they canceled this? Game? No, the one for the Game Boy they did not cancel. The one that for the PS4, which is more over the shoulder, siphon filter type perspective. That one they canceled. What could have been. What could have been? Yeah. There's a line of uh, one of the screen grabs has a line of dialogue where. Edward Burns' character says, don't worry, Sonia. I think I just found his keys. They have anything about the family album? They show the creatures? What, what's the, what, are the are the ape creatures the baddies or well, the baboons? I, I, there or? are hundreds of different mutated things. There's like these little squirshes. You have to deal with root systems. There's dinosaurs. There's weird Game Boy graphics. So it's, there's these raptor type things. I wanted to play that one. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I bet you that I bet you we would have been because you could system link this game. Like this was a game link version of a game. So you and I could have been on an airplane. And you think Burns did voiceover for this? Well, his voice sounds eight bit already. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
the reason for you Walk the line between 